Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We are mailbagging here on CBSSports.com. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Getting you ready for the weekend here with a mailbag. I am all over the place because we are drafting right now as we speak. Chris is on the on the clock. I'm on deck. Jamie's in the hole. We've got consecutive picks in a startup dynasty superflex mock draft that we are doing right now. We're probably not going to talk about it, but we are going to make some picks. While we dra- while we uh, while we podcast, all right. Anyway, uh, we got fantasy cops. We got your Apple podcast questions. We got your emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. Chris, did you make your pick yet? Yes, you did. Okay, now it's me, Jamie. Can you talk while I, I or Chris? Why don't you talk while I make this? A pick? Is it's it? It's a super flex dynasty startup, which means it's completely different than any of the drafts we've done so far this year. We've done. I think we might have done a super flex draft. We've done a dynasty startup draft, but the two of them together and the fact that I haven't like specifically prepared for this or done rankings, uh, it's just making it really difficult for me to know like what is the right time to move on a quarterback specifically. You know, I didn't yeah. get one of the elite ones. Um, I got Saquon Barkley first. Seems like a good pick, but I have no idea what to do with the quarterbacks. <laughs> And also, Heath has been really mean to me today, and he's the commissioner, so I'm trying not to screw this up. So, yeah. Okay, I made my pick. Now Jamie's up. All right, we got a lot of questions. We got a good one about J.K. Dobbins. We got a good one about Zero RB. We've got a good one about A.J. Brown. That's a decent one about A.J. Brown. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, Travis Kelsey. How about drafting two elite tight ends with your first two picks? Uh, We will talk about all of that. We are going to start, however, with the Fantasy Cops. Your questions on Apple Podcasts. We had a Fantasy Cops question. Here we go. It is from Corey, the future Podcast League champ. Um, Dear Jake, Scully, Boyle, and Pimento. That's a great show. Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine in a while, man. I was binging that. Is it still on TV? I never see it on yeah, TV anymore. I think their their final season is coming on, coming out this year. I never see it in syndication anymore. It's got to be something, oh, I, something I to that. I don't watch. Adam, just yeah. pay the like eight dollars a month for Hulu, man. You're a, you're a cable cutter. Um, I, I yeah. need I need your help with something that happened in my 16 team dynasty league this week. Two members made a wager on who would get more catches this season, Etn or Chark. The winner of this bet would get to swap picks within one round of next year's rookie draft. In order to count, both players must play 10 games, and the one-round rule allows for pick swaps of first and second, but obviously not first for third or first for fourth, etc. 
Um, some league members are calling this bet unethical since the bet only involves pick swapping and there's no guarantee that any rookie will be better than the than any other. It's just trading an opportunity of drafting a player. If it were wagering a player or a known commodity, I'd say it was unethical. What do you guys think about wagering pick swaps in future rookie drafts? Got I have any, no problem. Got any problem? No? No? Yeah, like it's it's silly. I don't know if I would do it, but it's it's not collusion. It's not like cheapening the league in any way. It's, you know, just two owners or players, you know, acting of their own volition in a very silly way. <laughs> so yeah, they're betting who's going to have more catches, ETN or Chark, and they're going to put a future rookie pick on the line, uh, swapping rookie picks. Jamie, any issues? I was paying attention to the draft. I'm sorry. Give me the give me the question again while you're yeah, on the clock. That's okay. And you just made a pick, and I'm on the clock now. Um, the question is: These two fantasy managers wagered um, swapping the right to swap picks, rookie picks in dynasty drafts in the future, and they're going to get uh, they're going to pick who's going to have more catches this year: DJ Chark or Travis Etienne. So, do you have any nothing issue with that. them swapping picks? There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, I agree. I feel like sometimes we're a little bit too restrictive and we're taking kind of the wacky fun out of fantasy football. Yeah, that's not... I mean, you're leaving something up to chance, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just make... And it's not like okay. it's going to give someone a huge competitive advantage or, like, shoot, tip the balance of power in your league, you know? Oh, gosh, he's going to hate me. All right, I got the pick in. All right, anyway, thank you for the Fantasy Cops question. Uh, we are going to have another entire episode dedicated to your Apple Podcast review questions next Thursday. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, including your name and a question, and we will read it on the show. Here are some more Apple Podcast questions before we get to the emails. This is from Josh in Buffalo. Do I take Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts at 102? I could use major help at all positions. My tight ends are Gronk, Howard, and Kyle Rudolph. Would you take Chase or Pitts? I think you can look at it if you just expand it. You could get a receiver at 2.2, 2.02. That yeah, is not you, you might pick. be able to get. Yeah. But the combination of Pitts and let's say Elijah Moore or Kadarius Tony is probably better than Chase and whatever you're getting there. Probably another, the same receiver. So if you believe in Kyle Pitts and you're and you're torn, I'd go Pitts. Yeah, I think Chase will be better as a rookie. I think the upside is probably pretty similar because Pitts could be the next, you know, version of that tight end who gives you wide receiver one production. Um, so I I think it's pretty close. The Falcons would probably tell you to take Pitts, right? Okay, next uh, next question is from Josh in Detroit. Dear Tony, Paulio, Polly, Silvio, and Christopher. Those are the DuckTales ducks. <laughs> I have the 1.2, 1.3, and 2.2 picks in my rookie-only draft. Chase is probably going one. So he has 1.2, 1.3, and 2.2. I'm thinking Harris and Pitts at, two in, at uh, picks two and three. My other starting running back would then be Zach Moss. Should I consider ETN over Pitts? Or do you think I can, if I can get Sermon or Carter at 2.2, they might be better than... Boss. 12 team or 10 team? I don't know. So assume 12. Um, I think you go... It's Harrison Pitts or Harrison Etienne? That's the question? Right. So Zach uh, Moss is yeah. gonna is his RB2. Yeah, I'm taking the two best talents. I'm taking Harrison Pitts. 
Yeah, I, I think it's easy. There, there's, it's not that hard to find <laughs> a running back. It's a lot harder to find a tight end who could give you what Kyle Pitts does. Likely it's, will. It's pretty hard to find a running back in a dynasty league, though. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're trading. I don't know. Like, the, the thing about dynasty, like running backs, turn over so much that like you can't really be confident in. But there, there's nothing what on Zach the Moss is going to be in three years. You can't be confident in what. Even Travis Etienne, like we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know what I, his role is going to be. I think if it's like I don't, Pitts is obviously not a slam dunk. There, you know, it's there. There's no, there, there's there's no player at slam dunk. But you know, he seems as close to potentially star as anybody in this draft, and maybe anybody coming into that position that we've seen in in, in forever. So you don't want to miss on what he could be. For I think Travis Etienne is going to be good. Uh, he may be great, but. I'd rather take my chances two, three years from now, knowing I had Kyle Pitts as opposed to Travis Etienne, who could, you know, maybe be a mid-range fantasy option. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and and like I just I think Pitts is the most likely player in this draft to be a superstar, besides maybe the quarterbacks. Okay, let's go to Danny M. M. Ten team Superflex Dynasty League. I took over a dumpster team, and now I have pick one hundred and one. I traded for Dak Prescott last year. Remember, it's Superflex. I also have Rodgers, Fitzpatrick, and Tyrod Taylor. I am taking Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance with 101. What should I ask for, though, in return for Aaron Rodgers? Can I get a first rounder in a Superflex Dynasty League for Aaron Rodgers? And that is actually, I think the draft we're doing right now is probably pretty helpful for that, no? Yeah, I mean, I took Rodgers in the fourth round. Uh, at 41 overall, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think he's referring to a, a first round. He, he is, he is, but yeah. it's I guess it's worth noting like where he went among quarterbacks. Uh, probably, he was like 10. Yeah, probably not much different than no, what he's no, no, because no, Lance and Fields went ahead of him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wasn't really and and hurts. I took hurts right uh, before you took Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I think you should be expecting a, a first round rookie pick for him in a, in a super flex league, even though it's dynasty, like the next three years are the most important thing you should be thinking about. And Aaron Rodgers is likely to still be very good for the well, next I, three I years. think also like if you're targeting a first round pick, you should be looking realistically toward the back end of the first round. I know you want to be in the front end of it, but the back end is going to be the teams that are in win now, as opposed to the front end of the teams that are probably looking to hold on to their draft picks. The back end of the first round is going to be teams that are like, I'll give up my first round pick to win the league this year, and Rodgers is going to help them. Again, you want to probably be toward the front end if you can, so maybe you have to package something with Rodgers to get into the first six picks, but that's your goal. But I think you can definitely make a pick at the back end of round one to get something, get a first round pick for Rodgers. All right, our next question comes from Jamie's on the clock. You might be able to hear from the uh, 12, you know, Hey, Mac D Dennis and Charlie. These are easy That's ones. Lost. Yes. <laughs> Last year, Adam's philosophy on tight end in redraft PPR was greater late. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, same philosophy this year. Or do you feel there's some mid round guys worth snagging? There are always mid-round guys worth snagging the the question is will they end up actually being worth the premium that you pay for them because what ends up happening with tight ends specifically but you also see it a lot with running backs where the top end gets pushed up to the tippy top of the draft 
And this year it's Waller, Kittle, and, and Kelsey. They're going to be gone in the first 30 picks. Then there's a pretty precipitous drop. And the next tier ends up getting pushed up because you want the guy who could be the next Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey. And so Hawkinson, Pitts, um, Andrews. You know, maybe Dallas Goddard. Andrews. And Andrews, yeah. Those guys could end up getting pushed up into the like fifth round to seventh round range. And that range historically has not been a very good place to pick a tight end because you are picking those guys who have either never done it and we're projecting them to or have some other flaw. Yeah, um, that is where Darren Waller went last last year, though. Maybe yeah. slightly ahead, but I agree. It's it is risky. I've been taking a lot of Hawkinson. Jamie likes Hawkinson even more than I do. Um, I I well, yeah, I don't mind the mid round guys. I just I hope I can get them in round set like Dallas Goddard in round seven or something. Kyle Pitts in round seven or eight. I'd be fine yeah. with. I guess I really hate the late picks this year. We, I just we, we, them. you and I, I think, are fighting for Hawkinson, so we're pushing up his value a little bit. I think in most drafts he's going to go round six or later. Right. Yeah, that'd be better. Um, the, what Jacob Gibbs told us on Monday makes me even more optimistic about Hawkinson. I just, I just read a great story. I forget which Detroit paper uh, talking to the tight ends coach and what Dan Campbell is going to be for Hawkinson and. Um, same thing. I mean, it's just there. There's there's so much to like about him, but again, it's the same scenario where we were two years ago with Ingram, Najoku, and Howard. Henry. There was so much to like about those guys then too. Oh, that was so, right. So, well, two years ago was yeah. Najoku was like, I think later than that, right? It was Ingram, yeah, Hunter, it was Henry, Hunter Henry, Howard. Yeah. Oh, Hunter Henry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just thinking of the three young kids. Yeah, you know, I actually. This kind of dawned on me during our last draft. I think you guys are too low on Ingram. I think he's he's like I mean, 18th or something in the can't rankings. Bet against, you can't bet against Calvin Benjamin, though. <laughs> I, I just think if there's a tight end that you're going to take with one of your last picks yeah. that has potential to really surprise us, he's he's definitely on that short list. Yes. Um, I okay. think that's fair. Yeah, Jamie's on the clock, so... We have back-to-back-to-back picks, so let's read a new question here from Bosco and Apple River. Two quarterback league, six point per passing touchdown, PPR. Each team can keep one player they drafted in the fifth or the tenth round. Fun. Should I keep DK Metcalf in the fifth or Justin Herbert in the tenth? I can only keep them for one year. Go Canes. I support that. Go Canes. The Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah. They probably, I, I would assume... In the playoffs, um, Metcalf, Metcalf in the with fifth, fifth or, or Herbert, Herbert with the tenth. I, I think it's Metcalf. Oh, it's a two Metcalf QB league. Like, it's a two QB. League. Oh, two QB league. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, Herbert, easy, easy, yeah, Herbert. easy, yeah. Herbert. All right, we're gonna take a break while I make a draft pick. When we come back, your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi dot com. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. 
Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. And we are back, back, uh, and I still haven't made my pick. So, do you have the notes in front of you, Chris? I I do have the notes. Oh, actually, here's the question: is from Mitch. What is your position on Jameis Winston? I think he's a great late round pick for redraft leagues. I think there is top ten upside if he ends up the starter for the Saints. I am very high on the potential of that offense if uh, he is the starter. As far as what his long term value might be. It's really hard to say. I, I don't think it's it's particularly high, but he should be certainly rostered in dynasty leagues, even one QB dynasty leagues, because there's a, a non-zero chance that he just ends up being the same starter for the next five years. I think the thing you got to keep in mind is for the short term, I agree with what Chris said about long term. I don't know five years because it's not like he's so young anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the short term, it's going to be a problem because Taysom Hill's there. Yeah. And I don't mean in terms of Taysom Hill kicking him to the bench permanently. I mean for what could happen in game. Because we saw with Drew Brees, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback and you know is on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks uh, in, for a lot of people. Um, and Sean Payton wasn't afraid to take him off the field for him. Uh, to take Brees off the field for, for Taysom Hill. So you know there's going to be a lot of ta- Taysom Hill packages. And that's going to be frustrating. So I think... You just have to understand that um, there'll be some big games. There'll be some, you know, games where Jameis Winston, if he's a starter, wows you. And there'll be some games where he could have 300 and no touchdowns because Taysom Hill came in and took those away. So that's the frustration, I think, when it comes to Jameis. But the upside is huge. You know, I mean, if he is the guy and the only guy, then you're talking about hopefully more throws downfield, open up the offense a little bit, not as accurate clearly because Breeze is the most accurate quarterback ever, but so much so much potential for everybody in this offense if Jameis is the guy. Who is on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks? You know, there's two, two easy well, ones. Well, Peyton and Breeze. I mean, Peyton and Brady. I, I was going to say Montana and Brady were the easy ones. There's three. Yeah, I, yeah Man. Peyton Manning has to be on there, but... But it's tough. I mean, Marino, Elway, Johnny United. Yeah, like I, I think Marino's the best of the remaining ones, but it might be Patrick Mahomes. Marino gets knocked because he doesn't have a ring. That's the only thing. Yeah, which is silly. If you're talking about quarterbacks, he belongs. If you're talking about, you know, what uh, the, the accomplishments as as thrower as passers, he belongs. As as a NFL player, he probably gets knocked for that. I mean, he's he's the best. Yeah, quarterback we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have to give in to uh, conventional wisdom here. We can make our own damn Mount Rushmore with our own criteria. If you're just looking sure. at the best four quarterbacks, I guess the, I guess Peyton Manning is... I guess he's third. 
right? He's third. Peyton is third. He's one of the top three. I mean, Brady and I think Brady and Montana are one and two, right? Um, yeah, I mean, probably in most people's minds, yes. Brady, I mean, you know, yeah, if Aaron, you think like about Aaron the Rogers, actual Mount Rushmore, like, yeah, you know, there's there's one guy who kind of, you know, you got Washington, legendary <laughs> Jefferson, wrote the Declaration of Independence, really good job on that one, Lincoln. <laughs> There's no no ca- accounting for what he did. Really good job. And Teddy Roosevelt, like, <laughs> he was great. Like, national parks, everybody loves them. He had a pet bear. Uh, but, you know, there's clearly a tear drop-off at that point That's is what true. I'm saying. The I, funny, the funny yeah. thing is, is just how many records Mahomes is going to shatter with 17 games. Uh, that's a good yeah. point. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback that yeah, I've Rogers could be that ever too. seen. Yet I obviously couldn't put him ahead of Brady because the the you know the totality of the career is obviously. I would not put him ahead of Breeze. I would put him ahead of Breeze. You would not put him ahead of Breeze. Well, I mean they have the same amount of rings, but you know Breeze has yeah, more compliments. Now Rogers unfortunately got screwed because of how his career started playing Van Far. Van Far. Yeah, but, I'll just go out and, and like Marino's was eighty four season. Yep. There have been other seasons that have outpaced it statistically that is the most dominant quarterback season of all time like if you look at what everyone else in that league yeah look at what everyone else in that league did there were teams starting for like 160 yards per game back then and he threw for 4800 yards babe ruth yeah chris is on the clock uh go ahead and make that pick don't take the guy that i am going to take Uh, oh who do you want yeah um (laughs) uh by the way he meant chris talked about teddy rosenvelt having a pet bear i was just reading about the Ravens offensive lineman who eats squirrels. You hear about this guy? Yep, yep. Yeah. Ben Cleveland. Eats squirrels. Yeah. Uh, oh, you son of a... That is so... Like, I really <laughs> that was didn't... the most obvious thing ever. I was split between two wide receivers, and, and he had to be the one. Uh, you piece of uh, squirrel. All right, Devontae <laughs> Smith taken... Um, okay, anyway, here's our next question. Next question is, uh, did zero RB work? No, I have to skip that one because I have to make a pick and it's too long to read. Barry wants to know, Barry from Pensacola, why are we sleeping on J.K. Dobbins? Um, in 2019, Mark Ingram finished his RB8 in half PPR. I'll let you start this one, Chris, since you're the lower guy on Dobbins. Uh, I don't think the royal we is sleeping on Dobbins. I'm, I'm certainly a little bit lower on him than everyone else, but he's still a top 20 ish running back for me. I think the biggest thing is like, yes, Mark Ingram did finish as RB eight in 2019, but that was with five receiving touchdowns on 29 targets. So already, I think you just throw that out and say like, that is not really relevant. He was very good that year, but he wasn't as good as an RB eight usually would be. For me, it comes down to, with Dobbins, one, he's not going to rush for six yards per attempt again. I would expect he's going to be right around five. That's been the standard for Ravens running backs over the last couple of years. And if he gets to 200 carries, 225 carries at five yards per carry, that's really, really good. The problem is, I'm not sure there's a 260 carry ceiling in this offense. They really like to keep their running backs fresh and rotate them in. There's no reason Gus Edwards shouldn't get a significant number of carries. Let me let me and, ask you this before you, know, you keep. Sorry, let me just get cut to the chase here. 
if we saw Mark Ingram get low 200 carries and finish as a top 10 running back, and we saw mm-hmm. when J.K. Dobbins got his 13, 14 carries per game in the last six games of the season, he was a top 10 running back. Why can't we just be right? But that wasn't but because that wasn't sustainable. He averaged 6.4 yards per carry from in that stretch. So he's going to be he's going to he be had, like way over five, though. And it was really I don't the think touchdowns. he's going to be way over like nobody's way over five. <laughs> you know, that that's the thing. Like nobody at two yard at 200 carries is way over five consistently. He could yeah, be, be over, five. over five. He'll be over five. I think he'll be right around five. I think that's a very good place to set expectations. The problem is in that. Uh, what was it? I think his last seven games. I'm trying to find the stat. He had. 89 carries, I think, in the final seven games of the season. In those same games, Gus Edwards had 61. And I kind of think it's going to be like a 60-40 split between those two with RB carries. And for this team, historically, that's been around 200-220 carry pace for a 16-game season. Maybe you bump that up a little bit, but not expecting anything in the passing game really from him. Uh, And, you know, yes, he was a top 10 quarterback, but that was with nine touchdowns in seven games, I think. Um, or eight touchdowns in seven. I just, what he did at the end of last season wasn't sustainable. And he just doesn't have the workload that all of the other top 12 running backs have. You know, he might be projected for the fewest touches of any running back in the top 24. Well, yeah. Well, when you start, and maybe that's wrong, start, but, but not the fewest carries, but the fewest touches because you're factoring in the catches. Yeah. I get that. Um, you're, you know, you're obviously he's gonna he's gonna be good in yards per carry, and he's gonna and hopefully he'll be good in touchdowns. And I think there just aren't that many workhorses. That's why we had this conversation the other day. You know, like if you look at the top ten running backs from last year, the top twelve. Ronald Todd, Todd Gurley had 195 carries. Kareem Hunt had 198. Aaron Jones had 201. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorted by something else. Sorry. Okay, let me. Let me get you the updated info. The top 12 running backs, you've got, yeah, 198 for Hunt, 190 for Chubb, um, 201 for Aaron Jones. I mentioned they're all top 10. 232 for Jonathan Taylor, 187 for Alvin Kamara. Right. Um, but the, this is non piece. The missing piece there is 47 catches for Aaron Jones, 83 for Alvin Kamara, uh, 38 for... Cream Hunt was a top 10 running back last season? Non-PPR. Man. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at PPR. But like even in PP, non-PPR, where those catches don't count, you, the yardage still does. And so you're yeah. talking about you know, a difference of 400, 350, and 400 yards for you know those guys to 150 to 200 for Dobbins. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Like He's projected for a decent amount of carries for me. I have him 17th in the NFL in carries projected. Uh, if you have him seventeenth in carries, I would think he'd be tenth, top ten in yards. In rushing yards, rushing, maybe. Yeah, but I have him projected for twenty five receptions. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Chuka. Why haven't I heard anyone mention that AJ Brown had surgery on both of his knees this offseason? Is that kind of a big deal? Could be. You know, it it depends how he recovers from them. I think it it highlights how impressive what he did last season was that he was as good as he was while being uh, dinged up like that. But doesn't really bother me. It doesn't make me think like, 
oh, wow, we're going to get an even better A.J. Brown last next season because he was already really good. All right, Jamie, let's go to our next one from Matt. Dear Mario, Steve, Hakeem, and Victor. Giants. Hooray. I have Mixon and Burrow and the third pick in a dynasty league. I've heard Pitts and Lawrence will go number two. It makes sense for my team to go wide receiver with Chase, but is that too many bangles? I don't think in this scenario it's a problem just because it's, you know, you're thinking long term. Um, you know, there's uh there's still plenty of value for those guys. Uh for Boyd. Obviously, you know, Burrow and Chase should be great. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat it and think you have to go a different direction. All right. Next email is from Peter. When a pitcher comes off Tommy John surgery, they limit their innings the first year back. Is a quarterback expected to play a full season successfully? I think Roethlisberger played okay earlier, but could not keep it up after a full season, after a full season off. Thoughts? Well, first of all, Peter, he said he did not have Tommy John surgery. They've always been very vague about the arm injury. But I, I kept this question in the notes because it just generally speaking, you know, people are very critical of, of Roethlisberger last year. He didn't have a very good year. But should we cut him some slack and think maybe his shoulder, Jamie, is, uh, is better this year and we can see a better version? If he was 28 coming off of this as opposed to 38, you know, the year after, it's a different conversation. You know, you got to factor in age. You got to factor in what the position is. Um, he's obviously not mobile anymore, you know, what he was limited to early in his career. So the thing you want from Roethlisberger at this point is to make his team successful. You want him to make Najee Harris successful. You want him to make those yeah. receivers successful. And if you need him as a fantasy option, then that just helps you uh, getting him later off waivers. So he's not going to be drafted as a number one guy. Can he work his way into a bottom end number one fantasy quarterback? Absolutely. You know, so it's still going to be a team that throws the ball a lot and you love the weapons. So I wouldn't write off Roethlisberger as a yeah. good fantasy quarterback, but I'm not drafting him to be one. If he, if he surprises me, great. And, and, you know, he said he didn't have Tommy John surgery. I'm looking at an article a couple of weeks later, Roethlisberger had season-ending surgery to reattach three torn flexor tendons in his right elbow. Quote, they sort sew through the tendon, they reattach it to an anchor in your elbow, he said. I mean, that's maybe it wasn't Tommy John surgery because it was flexor tendons and not the UCL, but like that's what they do in Tommy John surgery. It was, it was a Johnny so. Tom surgery, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was, it sounds John. like it was a flexor tendon rather than the UCL, but yeah, that's... Jimmy Johnson took like five minutes. I think a part of, part of the problem was uh, he was <laughs> Thank just. You, Jamie. I think he was scared to take a hit, and I like I don't want to like project on him or anything, but that just the way he played, whether it was by design of the offense or because of how he played himself, it seemed like he was just really trying to get the ball out before anyone could hit him. All right. And, I just, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's it. I'm scared of Ben Roethlisberger. He shouldn't be afraid of anything. He's a big dude. Uh, Jordan in North Van. Would it be crazy to draft two elite tight ends? I teased this question earlier, but I had it wrong. I thought he meant at the 1-2 turn. He said, what if you draft Kelsey in the first and Waller is sitting there at the 3-4 turn? My league has three flex spots and is non-PPR. Um, Non-PPR is tough. Yeah, and I don't know if this is 10 teams. I'm not sure he's going to be there at 12-team league at the 3-4 turn, but you never know. Three flex. Well, three spots. flex is one of them super flex. No, I don't think so. Because if that's the case, then different story. Um, I think uh, 
So I did it in PPR last year because Waller was a keeper and I drafted Kelsey in the first round because he's the best player available. So uh, we start two flexes and it worked out really well because I had a great roster with those two guys being as, as fantastic as they were. As a matter of fact, um, at one point in the season, I was starting Kelsey Waller and Dallas Goddard um, just because of some injuries and, and whatnot, but uh, it can work, but in non PPR it's tough just because you know what, what those guys do, what makes them so successful is, is clearly what they do catching the ball. And so you lose the, the hundred catch potential of both those guys. So, um, you know, tight ends don't typically score a lot of touchdowns. Those guys happened to last year. Will they do it again? Um, hard to say, you know, Kels, uh, Waller's two seasons of, of prominence. I think what was it? Three touchdowns two years ago. And then, um, 10, whatever it was this year. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's likely to be a better running back in that spot. Um, I think that's probably the way you would want to go. But in a 10 team league though, it's not bad to, you know, maybe corner the market since you do start that many flex spots. Yeah. Uh, sorry guys. I'm on the clock. I also, and I'm applying the, this, what I'm about to say to this draft. I do not like tight ends very much in leagues that have a lot of flexes or super flex leagues. Basically the more points you have on your team to me, the less valuable almost every tight end is. Um, Kelsey might be the only exception. To yeah, that. in this draft, I took him in the third round, startup rookie draft, startup uh, superflex draft. Excuse me. So um, he's gonna fall a little bit, but I thought he fell a little too far. Okay, boy, that feeling when you're on the clock, you have five seconds left, you end up taking somebody that you absolutely hated. Uh, just happened to me. Let's go to Dave. Dave is in a 12-team PPR keeper league where each team keeps five players. So every year, the running backs are pretty well picked over. I have the 10th overall pick. With the keepers listed below, would you take Clyde Edwards-Elair or Calvin Ridley in the first round? We can only take one player per round. So he has both of them as first-round keepers, CEH and Ridley. He's keeping Swift in the second, Mahomes in the fifth, Diggs in the 10th, and James Robinson in the 15th. So he's keeping, you know... Forgetting about the rounds, Swift and James Robinson, Mahomes and Diggs. Would you keep Edwards Elair or Ridley? Uh I keep Edwards Elair, but I'm probably in the minority there. No, I have I have Edwards Elair ranked higher for twenty twenty one at least. And okay. Ridley is not as young as you think. You know, he's I think going into his age twenty seven season now. <sighs> Man, look at these quarterbacks. We had we just had a run of Heath took Kirk Cousins, which I really wanted. Remember, this is super flex startup dynasty. Everybody's getting their third. You're getting your third quarterback now, Jamie? Uh, depends who's there. Oh, you, oh, you, Jameis was your second quarterback? Yep. Ooh, I was getting my third. So we had a run of Cousins, or Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, all within six picks. And, uh, oh, Jamie, Jameis Winston as your QB, too. Mm. Well, I've got Deshaun Watson as my QB too. So mm. Mm. I went young. I went with uh, Wilson and Brady uh, and Derek Carr <laughs> as my third. Okay, next yeah, I'm up. About, I'm about to go old with my third one. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Next up, we have Neil. Hello, hi Neil. I'm doing my first dynasty league this year. Twelve team half PPR, uh, one quarterback, three receivers, two flex, and a tight end. I have 1.1 in the startup draft. I've heard that getting more top picks in the startup is good, and I'm thinking about shopping the pick. 
It's not a rookie draft. Remember, this is a startup draft. So this is McCaffrey we're talking about. What are some trade values for one point run? One point one is uh one point six and a second rounder enough to give up one point one. I'm thinking of moving down and getting an extra receiver. It's a good question. I don't think a second is enough to move from one one to one six in a startup because McCaffrey just he seems to be so so far ahead of everyone. I mean the the 2021 value, I think he's, you know, the consensus is he's better than everyone and should have a, a decent gap between him and everyone else. And then the fact that he's still only, what, 24, 25, um, you know, puts him in position to still be really good two, three years from now. The wide receiver class, you know, I was talking about this in the chat of the draft we're doing, but it's kind of in a weird spot for Dynasty because the, the proven elite guys are all 27 to 28 or older. And the next tier down of younger guys haven't quite proven they can be on Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas's level uh, that they've shown in the past. So I, I just I think you probably need more than just a second to move down from one one to one six. It's interesting. Uh, you could get, you know, you can have either Christian McCaffrey or you could have in a startup dynasty draft. That's still that that could be Dalvin Cook. It could be Barkley, could be Jonathan Taylor, something like that. And then mm -hmm. in the second round, you know, could be Metcalf, it could be uh, Mixon. So I mean, it's really good. It's not a bad. I don't know. I don't know. Did he say it was PPR? He did, right? Yeah, McCaffrey. Oh, no, it's half PPR. So it'd be, it'd be I, I still have a, a pretty significant gap between him and everyone else in half PPR. Jamie, what would you what would you do? Let's say uh, first round pick, mid first round and mid second round for one point one. Mid first round or mid second round no, for and, one point one point six and two point seven or whatever it is for for McCaffrey, basically. I would absolutely do it. Yeah, you would take the two picks. Yep. Okay. No, I would rather McCaffrey. You'd have McCaffrey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from Garrett, half PPR dynasty league, which side wins? A Chase Claypool, Antonio Gibson, and Miles Gaskin. Chase Claypool, Antonio Gibson, Miles Gaskin. Or B, Miles Sanders, Michael Thomas, and 2.5. Uh, I think A. A. I think the Claypool Gibson side. Really? Let's go one by one. Would you rather have Claypool or Michael Thomas? Dynasty. Oh, Michael Thomas. Michael, well, Dynasty. Michael Thomas is 28. But yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson or Miles Sanders? Gibson. Very close, but Gibson. Miles Gaskin or 2.5? Gaskin. Okay. That's probably where it gets decided then. Well, that's our mailbag, folks. Um, reminder, we're going to have another one for you next Thursday. Get your Apple Podcast questions in. And... Yeah, have an awesome weekend. Have some fun out there. Watch the NBA playoffs. It's going to be great. And follow everything on HQ. Get the CBS Sports app. You know what's good. I tell you all the time. For Jamie and Chris, I'm Adam. Talk to you on Monday. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.